It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This holiday season, Lexus wants you to remember. It's not just the thought that counts. It's your thought. Because no matter how much time you spend picking out the perfect gift, the only thing they'll really care about is that it's from you. Here's to experiences they'll continue to cherish. Season after season. Make this December one to remember. Together. Click the banner to discover more. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Here's what's cooking on today's Sports Stove Podcast. We're going to cover the Major League Baseball playoffs with Belly Up's own Graham Wallace. We're going to talk all kinds of NFL topics, things like Urban Meyer, uh, the trades and pickups of this week, and also give you our pick sixes for the weekends. And time permitting, we'll talk some college football as well. Talk some fantasy football with Kevin Wilson. A lot going on tonight, that and so much more. That's what's cooking on today's Sports Stove Podcast. From Belly Up Sports and the Belly Up Podcast Network, you're listening to the Sports Stove Podcast with your host, Vince Stover. Welcome in to a new edition of the Sports Stove Podcast. I'm your host, Vince Stover. I'm joined as I am by uh, my dad most of the time. Dad, how you doing? Doing good. Doing good tonight. All right, so uh, a lot of things happening in the sports world. We've got some guests to help us uh, tonight that we'll bring in here in just a few minutes. We've actually got two guests on tonight. We don't typically do the two-guester, so we've got that going on in just a few minutes. We'll be joined by Graham Wallace, uh, baseball aficionado, whatever that means, uh, with Belly Up Sports, and we'll talk Major League Baseball playoffs uh, and all the goings-ons there. We've got uh, some interesting topics to cover in the NFL today, Dad. Um, We'll talk about Urban Meyer and uh, get some thoughts on that whole situation, which I'm sure will be riveting. Uh, we've got some uh, transactions that went on. We're going to talk about coaches getting fired. They haven't been fired yet, but uh, maybe after this week. And uh, and then we'll see. If we've got time, we've got some college football stuff to talk about, but we've got a loaded uh, episode. We're going to have Kevin Wilson uh, from Belly Up Fantasy. He's going to join us to talk about who we should add on our teams, as well as uh, players that have overachieved or underachieved so far this year as well. So a lot happening uh, tonight, we've already had sporting events going on. If you're listening to us live, the Astros have already defeated the White Sox in game one. Red Sox and Rays playing tonight as well. And uh, so lots of baseball stuff. And we would be amiss if we didn't start with baseball and all that's going on in the world with baseball. So uh, first, oh, almost forgot. 
Tonight, we're presented by Law Terrain Watches and Accessories. Built for the man on the go, the Compass by Law Terrain is a watch that is primed to take on life's moments. From casually keeping time around the boardroom table to backing you up in tough terrain. Style and function go hand in hand with the Compass wristwatch, and it offers dependability under any circumstance. You can find the Compass and so many other products at law-terrain.com. If you use the code SPORTSSTOVE, you're going to get 10% off your purchase. Again, that's law-terrain.com. And use the code Sports Stove for 10% off your purchase. Now, joining us to talk some baseball is the professor himself. I don't know if he's a professor or not. Uh, he's actually been crying, so I'm not sure how he's looking tonight because the Blue Jays just missed out on the playoffs. But joining us now is the one and only Graham Wallace. Graham, thanks for being back with us. No, it's great to be with you, Vince, uh, Dale. Uh, I, I looked a bit too happy there uh, when you introduced me. I, you're right. I did have some sad moments uh, starting Sunday afternoon, but it's we're into Thursday now. I've, I've been able to move on. Um, tough end of the season, certainly for the Blue Jays. They took one on the chin, but uh, the future is bright. Uh, baseball playoffs are here, so it's 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 a great time of year. Do you, as a Blue Jays fan, do you go back and look at two games? Within the season, you think, man, that's a game we should have had, and all this would be different. Uh, no doubt. Uh, towards the end of uh, May, they had the six-game losing streak, and Tyler Chatwood had a couple of meltdowns when he was just walking everything on earth seemingly um and and you know he had a couple of uh weird interactions with manager charlie montoyo he ended up getting dfa'd eventually i think about some of those bullpen meltdowns i think about some of the games also no one talks about this but some of the games when the offense didn't show up um that they that they weren't able to pull out but at the end of the day they they finished one game shy um there's a lot of things that could have worked out differently but you know what there's a lot of games that they won that they had to come back there was that wild comeback against Oakland uh they did the same thing uh, a few days later against Baltimore so uh they just weren't quite good enough this season um you can think about what a what a shoulda coulda but uh it's professional sports and uh you know it's just it was a tough day but they got a they got to get better over the offseason and uh, kind of reload for next year. I mean, you think maybe a healthier George Springer to start the season, maybe that that yep. tilts it a little bit. Um, but you're right, and any team can look at it and go, boy, they could look at 10 games and say, oh, we should have won these 10 games and we would have been in, whatever. Cincinnati, yeah. I'm in the area where there's all kinds of Reds fans, yeah. and until about the last month, they were like, oh, yeah, we're going to make the playoffs and we're going to win <laughs> the World Series. It's like, yeah. no, you're not. Look at your bullpen. It's, it's not going to happen. Um, yeah, you've but, been calling that. I'll give you kudos. You've been calling the Reds collapse for, for months now, and, and uh, c- certainly it, it did happen at the end, even though they played Pittsburgh like about – Ten times in the last month, they they kept losing to them. So yeah, the they, collapse happened far later than I thought it was going to happen. So yeah. I still give an, a round of applause to the Reds. Uh, they had a, a pretty decent season, at least far better than I thought they were going to be. But um, you and me both. Uh, let's start with the wild card games, and then we'll get into what's ahead sure. for us. Uh, Boston and New York. Uh, Boston ends up winning six to two. The game was very close early on. We're actually through a good portion of that game. Yeah. Um, I felt like the Yankees were the more talented team pretty much all season. Hmm. Uh, I think they're more talented than than Tampa, although the pitching is questionable and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, what is it with the Yankees? Why why couldn't they pull it off this year? 
Yeah, I, I think with that with that lineup, they've got a lot of the same kind of hitters. Uh, it's kind of a feast or famine kind of thing. And then they added to it with Joey Gallo and Anthony Rizzo. A lot of uppercut swings, a lot of home run hitters, but a lot of strikeouts too. Uh, so I think when you have too many of guys like that in your team, uh, even though they did add a couple left-handed bats, um, you don't have enough diversity. And, and I think they needed to hit more doubles and singles than trying to swing for the sw- fences all the time. Uh, obviously, Stanton kind of got robbed on that one shot that went just off the top of the <laughs> the, the red, uh, the green monster there. But um, I just think they needed a bit more diversity in their lineup. And I also think Garrett Cole really let him down over the last month or so of the season. You think $324 million over, over nine years and, um, you know, he couldn't even pitch three innings, guys. So um, pretty disappointing uh, finish to the season uh, uh, there for Cole. I just think they they were disappointed on many levels. DJ LeMayhew had a disappointing year. Gio Urshela had a breakthrough a couple of years ago. He hasn't been able to find the same form. So um, more talented, I, I'm not sure. Um, but I, I just think they have too many of the same kind of players. Garrett Cole is now the official spokesperson for Spider Tech. Um, he was definitely <laughs> all for it. Uh, yeah. maybe I don't, again, who knows if he was using Spider Tech or not, but his game changed drastically yeah. after the cut down on Spider Tech. And he had some good games after that and some pretty solid performances, but yeah. consistency wasn't there for Garrett Cole this year. No. Uh, the Red Sox, uh, they beat the Yankees 6 2. They were in first for much of the year in the AL. Um, East, right? Um, and and yeah. all these sorts of things. But um, they struggled at times towards the end of the year. They were able to hold on to that wild card spot. Are they legit contenders this year? I don't know. Um, I, I think we all kind of were surprised by the Red Sox start and it got into June. It's like, well, they're still in first place. Um, they kind of had a bit of a rough patch there and they were able to rebound. Um, I, I kind of think they're playing with, with house money a little bit here. And I also kind of think they're, they're really in tough, uh, in this ALDS series against the Rays. Um, they went eight and 11 against Tampa during the season. So I think it would be surprising for them to advance. Um, sure. They're in the tournament, so they're contenders, but I think, um, Red Sox fans are really happy to still be watching baseball at this point in the season. And I think they look more in 2022 as a year that they can really kind of take off. Uh, in the National League, the Dodgers were able to pull it off over the Cardinals. A great ending to a game with a walk-off home run yeah. uh, by Chris Taylor on top of all that. And not one of the guys. I mean, Taylor gets paid, but not like Mookie Betts and things like that. Uh, oh. The Cardinals scared me. And I, I'm a Brewer fan. Before the season started, I thought the Cardinals would win the NL Central. I thought Same. they were the best team in the division. Um, they looked really bad. For certain parts of the season, then all of a sudden, at the end of the year, yeah, they came on strong, but they couldn't they couldn't pull it off against the Dodgers, which isn't a surprise. The Dodgers were the second best team in the National League this year. Yeah, um, I guess we shouldn't spend too much time on the Cardinals, so let's just transition to the Dodgers. They've yeah. built a team again to be a World Series team. They've got the talent there, but they haven't really been able to, even with their win total, they haven't been able to put together. Uh, that cohesion that we've seen by some teams in the past. Uh, so the Dodgers, they are, I think, yeah. contenders. How serious of a contenders are they, do you think? Uh, as serious as it gets, really. I mean, 106 wins. Um, it's crazy 
when we talk about cohesion, they're 32 and 12 in their last 44 ball games, and it still feels like they can't make up any ground on the Giants. Obviously, they ended up losing that series. So they're as serious as, the, as it gets. They're defending World Series champions. And I think there's a sense among the fan base and the players that, you know, they won the World Series last year. But if you think about how good they've been over the last eight years or so, they had to win in that 60 game season with limited fans and, and limited celebration. There was a bit of a controversy with Justin Turner with the, no mask and stuff. We think about where we were a year ago, right? Um, yeah. So I think they want to go back and, and, and then win it again. Uh, but I think they're going to have their hands full uh, with the Giants uh, in that uh, DS series. So let's stick with the NL then. The Giants, I expected them to end more like the Red Sox, honestly. I, I just never thought they were going to be able to maintain what they were doing all year yet. Yeah. Uh, and my dad sporting the Giants shirt tonight. They they just kept on winning. And every time the Dodgers won, the Giants won. And they just never yeah. gave up ground. And there was one spot late in the season where they flip-flopped, but then they took it back and, and they just ran with it. So yeah. that's that series between Los Angeles and San Francisco, it might be one of the better NLDS series, I think, that we've had in a while. Yeah, you, you talk about a combined total of, of- – uh, 213 wins on the season it's unbelievable the most combined wins of, of any series ever uh mm-hmm. which is incredible um I, I just think it's a shame these two teams aren't meeting in the cs um i know they have to the wild card team has to play the best division winner and all that stuff but um i think it's going to be a dandy uh i think it's going to go five games and i think it's going to be a lot of fun now the matchups for the other side of the bracket are very intriguing as well i think no matter who comes out of those those two series hmm. um that the brewers played uh both the giants and the dodgers very close uh in, in the seven games they played them and and you know the braves and the dodgers uh they were in the uh nlcs last year and, and a lot of people forget this atlanta had a three to one lead and they kind of let it slip away so i think a, a rematch in that in that regard could be very uh, intriguing as well you look at strengths for these teams. San Francisco, their pitching has been solid. Uh, the Dodgers, their bullpen is a little suspect, uh, I think, at least for, for again, talking about a team that's 106 wins in the season. Yeah. Um, but they're not perfect, and but they could be. They, nobody would be surprised if all of a sudden they played lights out. You look no. at Milwaukee, they've got great starting rotation. Um, okay middle relievers, a great closer, but they lose their setup guy because – and a drunken celebration, he punches a wall and breaks yeah. his hand. I just it blows my mind uh, the stupidity of some millionaires and <laughs> what they can do. Yeah. Uh, and and I don't know if Devin Williams is a millionaire yet or not. He will be, or he would have been. He's a young uh, man. Sure. He hasn't gotten paid yet. Yeah, I'm not right. sure what his salary is. That's a good question. Yeah, and then Atlanta, their pitching is the question, isn't it? I mean, they've got the young talent that's out there yeah. on offense and defense, but the pitching all year has been kind of the big question mark. Even from the beginning of the season, it was, do they have enough pitching to be legit? And that whole NL East was just really bad this year. Yeah, it sure was. But Atlanta comes out, and you made the point. They were here last year and succeeded well last year. And so you can't just write them off because the whole division wasn't that great, Um, especially going against a team like Milwaukee that there's they've not proven that they can get over the hump yet either. Yeah, you know, uh, I really love what the Braves did in the in the trade uh, deadline. They got uh, Jorge Soler, uh, Adam Duvall, um, Jock Peterson. They just got these power bats that really ignited their offense. I, I definitely think they have the advantage as far as uh, explosion goes, and they, they could score a ton of runs in this series. But uh, I, I do think Milwaukee has the edge as far as pitching is concerned. 
Um, you know, Ian Anderson is a young young guy. I thought did a nice job for them uh, last season. He seems to be a real gamer uh, for the Braves. That is, but uh, I don't know if they have enough <laughs> arms to uh, be able to win this series. That being said, if, if they pull it off, I, I definitely wouldn't be shocked. Um, who's the best manager out of those four teams? The NL NL teams. Wow. Um, it's hard not to say Dave Roberts. Uh, I mean, he's been there. Um, some of his moves have certainly been questioned. I, I really like Gabe Kapler as well. I don't think anyone thought that they would be in this position. They were on pace for, I think the projections were 75 wins. They, they had over 30 w- more wins than that. Um, I, I don't mean to play this right down the middle, but I like Craig Council too. Um, so if I had to say one, I, I'd probably give Dave Roberts the nod just because of his, his experience and um, you know, he has won a World Series, but uh, I think we'll see some interesting moves and, and a battling of the wits here. And uh, I think Gabe Kapler has been a great fit uh, in in San Francisco as well. It, it wouldn't be it wouldn't surprise me to see them go uh, win the World Series this year. Milwaukee and Tampa have both their both their managers are known for kind of thinking outside the box, especially with the pitching. Yeah. Um, and how they use the bullpen and things like that. And, uh, you know, that plays in, that's where the strategy plays in. You get to see, and that's why I love the playoffs, baseball playoffs. Yeah. You start to see that strategy really pitch in before we switch to the AL dad. Do you have any questions on national league stuff? Hi, I'm Maria and I'm Mike and we're team, team ready. ready. Black Hills energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Uh, no, I don't think so. Like I said, it's going to be really good. We've talked about uh, the playoffs this year are going to be good. I think it'll get back to seeing a lot of good baseball. Um, there are some stars still in it, uh, definitely with the Dodgers, but um, it won't be some of the stars, you know, um, Oatani and some of them that would have drawn all the attention from there. I think it's going to be good baseball teams. I think you'll see um, base running, fielding will be an issue, and I think it'll be a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, I think you look at the stars you yeah. talk about, some of the biggest stars in Major League Baseball – just aren't it. Vlad Guerrero is one of those guys that's really blossoming as a star and yeah. huge power hitter. Mike Trout, of course, we're used to not seeing him in the playoffs. Yeah, but, it's been a while, yeah. But Otani had one of these great seasons pitching and batting. Yeah. And not having those teams in the playoffs, I think, stinks for Major League Baseball. But me and Dad have said, Graham, yeah. I think this is the best baseball season we've had in a really long time. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun throughout. Um, and I'm hoping that it, it, it keeps up – uh, throughout the playoffs and into the World Series. Uh, I, I wrote an article a couple months ago about saying how the, the World Series ending in the year one, uh, if you go back all the way to 1931, um, most of them have been real dandies. Uh, there's been a couple of stinkers here, but uh, if you think about uh, 1991, uh, Kirby Puckett's home run, Minnesota Twins, 2001, Yankees had that great series against the Diamondbacks, uh, 2011. More recently, Texas and, and the Cardinals had that really great series. So I'm hoping for more of the same seven game, knock them out, uh, drag them out, just uh, thriller. So hopefully that, yeah. uh, that trend continues. 
Let's switch over to the American League. Houston already up one to nothing on the White Sox. Going into yeah. the season, I thought the White Sox could be a real threat. Um, they even added some pieces throughout the year that made them better. Yeah. Uh, but to me, Houston, even though the record doesn't say this, they're the best team in the American League, uh, in my opinion. Uh, so yeah. let's talk about that series first, Houston and Chicago. How far do you think it goes? How much of a threat is Chicago? I don't think Chicago is a major threat, uh, Vince. I don't. Uh, I think they really benefited from playing in a, a very weak uh, American League Central. Hey, none of those teams had winning records uh, besides Chicago. So they played 76 games uh, against those teams, and they went, I believe, 44 and 32 in those games. Hmm. Um, but they only went 2-5 and five against Houston. Now, I know the regular season, you could throw that out the window. I just think Houston's got a lot more. Uh, they're a bit more of a dynamic ball club. Uh, it got more explosion. Um, I really like the, the outfielders the White Sox were able to get back uh, late in the season, Eloy Jimenez and uh, Luis Robert. But mm-hmm. I don't think it's going to be enough. And I also wasn't terribly impressed by the relievers that they picked up at the deadline. Um, actually, Kimbrel blow blew a, a few saves uh, since he was acquired by the team. So I, I think the um, the Astros probably win this one in, in I'd say, about four games. Um, and I, I'm... If it's not Tampa Bay and Houston, I'll be pretty surprised. And I think Houston's got the offensive edge, and and I think Tampa Bay's probably got the pitching advantage. So I think that could be a great series. And personally, uh, it I'm not ready to see Houston back in the World Series. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's uh, yeah. the cheating's still a little close. Uh, it, to it's it a all. little too soon. Yeah, like. <laughs> They could get to the CS. They got there last year, and gosh, they almost got into the World Series. But I'm I'm not quite ready to see them there. They're they're proving it or whatever is what they like to say. But um, I, I'm still a little sore. So <laughs> they could they, they could, uh, uh, lose. Yeah. So with uh, the Rays, uh, excuse me, the Red Sox, they haven't announced yeah. who their pitcher is going to be yet uh, yeah. for for Game One. And uh, you know, does that really matter? Uh, I mean, you you want to try to win the the, the first game, obviously, but um, th- as long as they, they they could go with an opener and still end up winning the game, uh, whether it's uh, Eduardo Rodriguez or I guess they could go with Chris Sale. I'm trying to think of some of their other pitchers, um, but I, I don't know if it really matters. They obviously need uh, Pavetta is the other guy I'm thinking of. Mm. Um, obviously, they, their bats need to show up and they've. They've struggled um, quite a bit against Tampa Bay's pitching. Uh, Wander Franco uh, for, for the Rays, uh, the, the young shortstop, is a player to watch in the series. He's killed Boston the whole season, and he's had more success against them than really any other team. So hmm. he could be a, a really a, a difference maker in this series. And it, it, it doesn't matter because I, I think the Boston's going to get outpitched in this series, and and that's going to end up being a big difference maker. So they can throw out Sale or or Erod or whoever they want to, but they're going to really have to bring it, and the offense needs to show up as well for them to have a good chance. Uh, you may have already answered this question. Randy Arozarena kind of blew up last year in the playoffs. All yeah. of a sudden, everybody's like, who's this guy? He was the guy of the playoffs. Is Franco that guy this year, or is there another player on another team that stands out to you as as someone that maybe maybe the uh, you know the non-passionate fan that's just tuning in for the playoffs hasn't really heard about yet? Yeah, um, I definitely think that uh, Franco is a, is a candidate uh, to, to be that guy, uh, for sure. Um, another interesting thing with the Rays is they – 
they left Brett Phillips. I don't know if you guys remember. Um, he had that big hit in game five of the World Series last year. He was doing the airplanes yeah. in, the, in the outfield. Yeah. They, they left him off the uh, – he, he's been a great guy to watch. Uh, they left him off the DS roster. Uh, instead, they put in Jordan Luplo, who's coming off an injury. He plays first base, and he's kind of an extra outfielder for them. So mm-hmm. that's a really interesting move. I thought Phillips was a really valuable player for them. He's fast. He's good on defense. Um, and he's just one of those – Guys, everyone on the team just loves this guy. Um, so I thought that was a curious move. So I think Luplo's under a lot of pressure to perform uh, well in the series. And a- another guy I'll throw out in the National League, uh, we saw him last night. This is maybe an obvious selection, but how about Chris Taylor? This guy was a first-time All-Star. He's probably my favorite player on the Dodgers. You could play him anywhere. He mm-hmm. won't hurt you. He had a bit of a rough second half, um, but he's he's heart and soul of this team. And... Um, I think he'll he'll come up with a with a big moment uh, when it's needed most. Brett Phillips was a big prospect in the Brewers uh, um, organization for a while. He got traded yeah. to Kansas City, I think, in the Lorenzo Cain trade, uh, oh. if I remember right. And then yeah. he was in Kansas City for a couple of years, and then brought over to uh, to Tampa. And he's always been a character uh, in a good way, a character, yeah. uh, uh, a personality that's fun to watch, and and uh, and he's had some great moments. He's never yes. been able to pull it together and be consistently just really solid. Uh, but that true. is an interesting move for sure. Yeah. Um, give us your prediction, not for the World Series yet. We're going to okay. have you back on before the World Series. All right. uh, so uh, you said uh, already you expected to be Tampa and Houston in the AL. Uh, what about yeah. the NL? I think I'm going to go with uh, the Milwaukee Brewers and the San Francisco Giants. Okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, I, I know the world series that I, I'm looking for, but I, uh, no spoilers. We'll, we'll, uh, okay. we'll have to save that for another time. <laughs> All right. Very good. Yeah. Uh, Graham Wallace, he writes for belly up sports. You can find his articles on bellyupsports.com. Uh, you can also yeah. find it on Twitter, uh, as he shares his, his articles, belly up sports, of course does as well. Um, and your Twitter is remind me, is it bus Wallace? Yeah. Bus Wallace. Um, can I also just mention, I've, I've yeah. also started writing for, uh, jaysjournal.com. Uh, so you can find my articles there. I know it's not belly up, but I am still, uh, <laughs> coming out with uh, articles for belly up. I'm going to be having one, uh, kind of talking about the playoffs and a bit of, uh, talk about uh, our conversation and things like that. That should be coming out tomorrow. So, uh, all right. So uh, Jay's journals, that'd be like blue Jays, correct? Uh, yeah, Jay's okay. journal. It's, um, it's a fan sided site. Yeah. Um, so I'm really excited to be, uh, writing for them as well. Awesome. A great opportunity yeah. and, and well-deserved as well. Uh, we you, always sir. appreciate Graham coming on. He's always well-prepared, and, uh, and and we'll bring him back on again as we get closer to the World Series and, and everything going on uh, there as well. Graham, thanks so much for being with us tonight. Uh, always a pleasure, uh, Vince and Dale. We'll see you next time. All right. Tell your wife hello. <laughs> oh, thank you. I will. <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, Graham Wallace from Belly Up Sports and Jay's Journal. Again, we really appreciate him coming on and sharing some baseball thoughts with us. Dad, how do you feel about that? He said, uh, he said San Francisco, yeah. uh, making it past the Dodgers. He's a good guy. I like that. I like that. So, uh, it'll be interesting, but I mean, the Giants have played well all year. I don't see any reason why it would change, but obviously, um, you know, they're playing Dodgers and it should be a, whole, a really good series and um, we'll see where it ends up. Do you agree with him on the American League Astros and Rays going to the next round? Yes, yes, I, I, I think so. Like you said earlier, I thought the White Sox would really be an issue. But um, when you look how everybody's playing now, I would think that would um, 
that's how it would go. And um, should be a good playoffs all the way through and a good World Series. Yeah, I think we're in for a great playoffs. And I think Major League Baseball, right behind NHL, has the best playoffs. Um, I don't watch hockey during the regular season. If the Predators are on, I'll watch for a while. Uh, but when it comes to the playoffs, then I turn on hockey. Baseball, and I watched a lot more baseball this year than I usually do. Um, I, but when you get to the playoffs, even if my team's out, I love watching the baseball playoffs. I think they're just, it's just different. There's a different aura around, around the, the game and, and everything that goes on there. And it's just one of those pure things that we can sit and enjoy. I remember thinking back. Uh, to the earthquake game. Uh, I don't remember where we were. Was it Oklahoma? I don't remember where we were when that happened. Yeah, uh, we, but, we were traveling back. We were actually in Arkansas. We were traveling okay. back from Oklahoma. Yeah, and we were sitting there in the, the fifth wheel, and all of a sudden the screen went green, and I didn't know what was going on. Uh, he talked about that Kirby Puckett play in 91. I remember that. It's clear as day. One of, one of my earlier baseball memories uh, there as well, and uh, just a, a lot of just different exciting things have happened throughout history. But this year, with the teams that we have in, you're going to have the uh, anti-Astros. Most people are going to be anti-Astros. They don't want them to succeed or win. I don't think they're going to have a problem with Chicago. Uh, of course, I'm a Brewer fan, so I'm excited about that. You're a Giants fan, so you're excited about that. And uh, and what we don't want at the end of it all is Dodgers versus Red Sox. So, so we can just avoid Dodgers versus Red Sox. Uh, we'll be okay and be able to enjoy the World Series uh, this year as well. But it's been a great baseball season. And like I said, we'll have uh, Graham back on uh, later on here in the playoffs and talk with him some more. Always appreciate Graham and uh, and his willingness to come on and his uh, readiness. He's always just well-prepared, so we appreciate that as well. Make sure you visit bellyupsports.com uh, and Jay's journal, and you can uh, and read uh, Graham's material, his, his articles, and things like that uh, there as well. All right, Dad, let's make the transition to the NFL, and uh, we've got another week coming up. Of course, a game tonight, a, a pretty big game tonight as well. Let's start with uh, this, and then we'll get to our fantasy football talk. Uh, two moves this uh, this week. Stephon Gilmore gets traded to Carolina for a sixth-round pick. And then Jalen Smith, uh, the Cowboys linebacker, gets cut, and uh, and Green Bay ultimately signs him. This is two weeks in a row now that Carolina's made a move with defensive back. They traded for Henderson from Jacksonville, and now they've traded for Gilmore. As it was announced that he was going to be cut, but they worked a deal out with New England to acquire him for a sixth-round pick. Um, he has been injured. Um, he's probably not in football shape at the moment, but uh, his talent level is pretty pretty high. Uh, so what do you think about the things Carolina's been doing even in season to improve as a team? Well, I, I think Carolina, you know, has a good team. We've talked about that. And I think um, they're definitely trying to be, you know, not just competitive this year, but they want to be where they can maybe even challenge for the division, but definitely be an issue in the playoffs. And they, they seem like an organization that, you know, is that way, uh, aggressive and and. And, you know, not going to settle for just, well, another one more win than last year. And uh, with the moves they've made, and right now it looks pretty good. Of course, they lost this week. I watched a little bit of that game. I thought they played real well. And, of course, their star they don't have right now, pretty close to getting him back. Um, and they, they could be a, a lot They could be a lot to handle. You get McCaffrey back if he comes back and can play the rest of the year. 
we'll, we'll have to talk about this in another episode because I don't want to get off track uh, time-wise tonight. But Carolina might be better without Christian McCaffrey. I know that sounds weird, um, but I think there's some potential there that that they might just be more balanced when uh, when McCaffrey's not there. He's obviously a great player. Um, but anyways, that's a, that's a conversation for another day. Um, you know, they're so scared of Jameis Winston that they're loading up with DBs or, or maybe it's Tom Brady that they're worried about, but, uh, uh, they're, they've got quarterbacks in their division that they're obviously preparing for and, uh, they continue to, to stack up on the defense and they're kind of putting it together now where they can focus all of next year on, on filling out and finishing that offense. And uh, so interesting moves by then. Uh, the Cowboys cut their linebacker, Jalen Smith. Uh, he goes unclaimed. Green Bay signs him. Um, you know, I was hoping the Packers would sign Gilmore, would get Stephon Gilmore, because I think defensive back's an area of need. We've got injuries there with J.R. Alexander injured. Um, Kevin King has been uh, hobbled as well. And uh, we're kind of down to the to the studs right now. But uh, – they go out and they do get a linebacker that's that should help the team because they're young and inexperienced uh, there, uh, especially in the middle middle of the field. So uh, how excited, uh, how much do you care that the Packers go out and get Smith? Oh, I think that was good. I think, again, that the Packers keep moving. Um, and, of course, with some of the injuries, they probably needed to. But this is an area uh, that's been, you know, before the season – uh, this is probably the area that, you know, Packer fans would say, you know, they really need to address this. Well, it turned out Devontae Campbell's been a great addition, and now you're adding another guy that has a lot of potential. Um, you know, I was reading this week again with the new defensive coordinator, which I'm still a little leery on that, but he um, – you know, he, he's a guy that moves people around a lot and does a lot of things. And it sounds like um, Jalen Smith's a guy that would really fit into that um, in a lot of ways. And so I think it's a good move. Like I said, I would hope they would get Gilmore, uh, but that just wasn't able to work out. Um, so, you know, we'll see. And, of course, the injury front, we'll see how quick we get people back or, or if we're going to lose Alexander for the year. Um, but, again, you know, the defense – Coordinator, you know, like I said, outside the first game, things have looked pretty good. Uh, they're going to have to make adjustments and keep doing things. Um, but I, they have the ability. They have great assistant coaches, and they should have a good scheme on that. But Smith could be a really good thing. Yeah, when everybody was screaming the Packers should draft a receiver, and then they drafted Jordan Love, they actually passed up on a linebacker uh, and Patrick Queen that could have been helpful, I think, yeah. uh, there. I thought that was more important than wide receiver at the time. Um, of course, they also passed on T. Higgins, but hey, whatever. Um, and uh, ultimately, though, they do they do address it. The question is, is it going to be enough to help and fill needs and things like that? How will he fit on the team? All those sorts of things. Um, it's just nice as a Packer fan to see us go out and get somebody that people actually know <laughs> and not yeah. some undrafted guy that, you know, we're supposed to get excited about. So uh, speaking of big additions, how's your fantasy football team doing, friends? Uh, are you picking up the right people? Are you dropping the right people? Has your draft and your top guys you drafted completely underwhelmed this year? Well, here to talk about that and a little bit more is my friend, the man, the myth, the legend, Kevin Wilson from BellyUpSports.com, BellyUpFantasySports.com. Kevin, how you doing? I'm doing great. 
Vince, you know, you know, you got the pressure on me because I follow up behind Graham. You know, that's a tough act to have to come up behind. So I'm gonna have to bring on the power right now to match up with him. So yeah, I'm gonna have and, to see how I do. And not only that, we have you uh, distracted because Seattle is playing right now. That's right. Um, and we'll although we tried big pass play, so. Um, Although we tried to warn you that Seattle was going to have a down year this year, you still hold well, out hope that all well, is well. They pulled it out against San Francisco last week. I really yes. didn't have a whole lot of confidence in them, and because uh, they have a a, a a pub around here which they uh, cater to the Seahawks fans, and my wife was like, "Well, do you want to go?" I'm like, "Well, the last thing I want to do is go and see them lose to the 49ers because you know I hate them worse than anybody else, you know." Even the Russians, you know what I mean? So I, I decided <laughs> wow. not to go. And then, you know, they turned around and, and they beat them. So, yeah, I so, didn't realize you know, I'm, you. I'm back on the, I'm back on the, on the bandwagon. I'll see how long that lasts, you know, how they do later on today. And uh, I just want to say to my buddy Graham, you know, Graham, Dodgers, get on it. <laughs> <laughs> uh kevin i didn't realize your hatred for san francisco ran that high so that's good to know yeah. uh, well, you good. know when you're a dodger fan you hate san francisco i see if you're a seahawk fan you hate san francisco you know what i mean there's just no two ways around it and so you know if, if they slid off you know right into the bay that would be you know that'd be okay <laughs> Oh boy, you uh well that that could happen, but uh yeah, we'll wait to you see. Know, it, it, I'm I'm not going to advocate for that, you know, tonight, but uh, <laughs> Okay, <you know>. okay. <laughs> uh let's talk fantasy football. Kevin writes for bellyupfantasysports.com. He comes out with a weekly article and uh and some weeks depending on work schedule things get sh- shifted around a little bit, but let's start with just the basic question, who are the guys right now? that uh, fantasy football owners should be looking to add to their team? Well, you know, I'm going to start off with the uh, the quarterbacks, and uh, I've got three of them. And uh, you talked about uh, Carolina a little bit ago. Sam Darnold is a legitimate fantasy quarterback. And the reason why I say that is against Dallas, he had two touchdowns throwing, he had two touchdowns running. He's got five rushing touchdowns on the season. That beats a lot of running backs. And – uh he had 51 fantasy points against Dallas. That's bringing on the power right there. He's got the Eagles up next. And, you know, the Eagles just, you know, we, we kind of suspected maybe they wouldn't be that great this year. Well, they're not. And uh, 36 fantasy points is the fewest that Sam Darnold has had so far this season. So if you're looking for a guy that uh, has a high ceiling and a pretty safe floor as well, Sam Darnold goes right to the top of that list for me. And on ESPN, he's only owned by 37% of teams. Yep, yep, 37.4%. I got the number right here. So, you know, if you if you have any kind of quarterback issues at all, get Sam Darnold on your team. Um, another guy that uh, I'm going to advocate for this week, maybe not for the season, that's uh, Danny Dimes, Danny Jones, you know, for, uh, for, for, <laughs> the for the Giants. He threw for 402 yards mm-hmm. last week. That's got to be by far the most yards he's ever had. He had two touchdowns <laughs> against New Orleans. We all know New Orleans, you don't know what you're going to get out of them from one week to the next. But we do know that he's got Dallas up next. And, uh, you know, their defense does look better, but, they're you know, they're still the Dallas defense. So, and, they're you know, the, the, the Cowboys offense is explosive. I think that's going to be a pretty high-scoring game. 
And um, especially if uh, Sterling Shepard, their wide receiver, he was out last week. If he's back, that's going to help them a lot. And so uh, I like him a lot. He's at 39%. And uh, another guy, that a veteran that people just were like, dude, why, why, why are you even, you know, getting out, you know, out of bed? That's Matt Ryan. Yeah. And uh, Atlanta, you know, they are a disaster, you know, as far as the football team is concerned. But he had four touchdowns this mm-hmm. past weekend. And so we had 49 and a half fantasy points. You can certainly use 49 and a half. And uh, he had 40 against Tampa Bay. So it's not like, you know, he's a flash in the pan. And the best news of all, he's got the New York Jets up next in London. But so, I don't know if you got to see this today or not. He's without his top two receivers this week in London. Cal- Calvin Ridley did not make the trip due to personal I matters. Did not see that. Russell Gage is injured, so he did not make I the did trip see either. That. So Kyle Pitts owners, um, go all in this week on Kyle Pitts. Well, <laughs> if you have Cordell Patterson, you better get yes. that dude in your lineup. Yeah. Uh, you know, he had three touchdowns all by himself yep. last week. And so uh Matt Ryan I'm, I'm fits that mold. Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan fits that mold of he's gonna be losing coming into the fourth quarter every week. That's right. But he's gonna be throwing the ball a ton. And uh and they're gonna get better. This team they're a team that really looks bad, but they're going to get better. I think, I think their coach, it, it's taking some time. Uh, they're going to have to get some better players, especially offensive linemen, but they're going to slowly improve this season. They're not going to finish well, but they're going to slowly improve. And Matt Ryan, I've heard people compare him with Ben Roethlisberger. I would take Matt Ryan over Ben Roethlisberger. Absolutely. Ben Roethlisberger. You talk about a guy that probably should stay in bed. That's him right there. Cause he's, yeah. you know, he's hurt. And uh, he's got Harris over there, and you know, and what else does he have? His wide receivers been banged <laughs> right. up, so you know, you you saw that because they you know just got done playing your Packers. Yes, and uh, it wasn't looking good for you know. I've got Roethlisberger on a couple of my teams, and it, it's just not looking good for him at all. I tell you, I watched in that Packer game, and I thought had they if they had a good quarterback, they would have had a couple more touchdowns because there were passes that just floated right over Juju. Right yeah. over other receivers that would have been easy touchdowns. They had the Packers beat and the pass just wasn't there. And maybe that was because there was pressure on Roethlisberger. I don't know, but, um, I'm, I'm all out on Pittsburgh right now. I'm staying as far away as I can. I said at the beginning of the season, Najee Harris and, uh, Deontay Johnson. I think I'm saying yeah. that right. Yeah. Uh, were the only two guys I would even look at when it came to Pittsburgh. Um, they're just, they're not good. Um, Talk to us about some uh, guys. Let's start with the underwhelming, the guys that we drafted in the first couple rounds that we had high in anticipation for. Guys, kind of like Kyle Pitts, right? Pitts has been – they haven't used him yet. Um, so guys that we expected something out of, and thus far in the fantasy world, we haven't gotten much out of them. Well, the first person that goes right to the top of my list is uh, Miles Gaskin from mm. the Miami Dolphins. And – uh he may not have been a player that you might have took in the first couple of rounds, but he was a guy that a lot of people thought that, uh, you know, he was going to get their Miami offense going. Well, how about he has no touchdowns and 28 fantasy points through four games? Wow. And, um, and you know, you're, you're in the same league as, as, as I am, Vince, and you probably saw that that guy is now on our waiver wire. <laughs> so four games in and he's on the waiver wire, you know, that, that is not a good sign at all. 
Gaskins is the kind of player that guys are like, I'm going to pass on running back early because I can get Gaskins late. Right. And And now they're sitting there going. Advocates that no running back, you know, strategy, which Mm -hmm. I do not, uh, I I don't go for that sort of thing. (laughs) But uh, there are guys that are out there. If you happen to get Miles Gaskin, you, you know, you're, you're snake bit. That's all there is to that. So he goes right the head of the list. Who else is underwhelmed so far? Underwhelmed is um, a guy that, uh, you know, the Rams, you know, that they lost all their running backs because, you know, they, they broke their bones and stuff early on. <laughs> and uh, they brought in Sony Michelle. Mm-hmm. And uh, same same story that a lot of guys thought that, well, he's going to come in there and he's really going to do some things in that offense. Well, how about this? You know how many points he had last week against Arizona? No. He had negative one. Ouch. That's almost an impossibility to to <laughs> accomplish. You know what I mean? I have yeah. no points, you know, and I didn't have a negative point. So, yeah. you know, so and he's owned in 56.6% of leagues. Really? And, uh, yes. And so that is not looking good. Uh and we talked about Gaskin, he's at 82%. And so there if are you a lot own, of guys that you know, If you own Sony Michelle, drop him and pick up Gaskins. At least you get some positives. Something positive, yeah. <laughs> and uh, a guy that's owned in seventy four percent of leagues is Brandon Ayuk. I could, mm. I never could figure out how to say that guy's last name. Ayuk, yeah, Ayuk. Okay, that's that's pretty good. Um, he had thirteen fantasy points in in week three. He had five points otherwise total in the other three games. So you don't have not, to tell me, I. Out. I drafted Brandon Ayuk in every league I was in. I still own him in, I think, one league. I think I've got rid of him in the other leagues. Nope, two leagues. I tried to get rid of him, but I didn't get a waiver claim. Um, yeah, you talk about disappointments. You know, him and Debo Samuels, I thought both would have great years. Debo Samuels is looking pretty good. Brandon Ayuk on the other side, uh, not good. San Francisco, you know. They they thought that maybe they were going to be one of the great teams because they started off two and zero and everything's all yay and well they're two and two now and they got the Rams coming in there this Sunday and the Rams just got spanked that's about the worst thing that could happen for the 49ers to me because they're smarting and uh, I think they're going to put it on the 49ers this weekend yeah I think uh, they got the Cardinals I think right Rams are playing yeah. your Seahawks that's right, right. Now. Rams are playing yeah. today. Yeah, and uh, the Cardinals, Cardinals blew out yeah. the Rams. They put what forty, you know, forty four hundred points on them or something like that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was. Yeah. Real, that was one of the biggest surprises I've uh, I've seen. Where you know they thought these two three and O teams were going to go toe to toe, and it might be the you know come down to the last minute. Well, by the front, the first quarter was over. You know the Cardinals had them in their rearview mirror, and they just cruised on the rest of the way. So, well, as. Uh... I always say, if you'll just watch the Sports Stove podcast, you'll know who's going to win these games. I picked That's Arizona true. last week. I was all over that one, uh, bullishly on Arizona last week, uh, bullishly against them this week. But we'll get to that in just a second. Okay. Um, nonetheless, uh, anybody that you'd say, hey, they have they've really stepped it up so far. Early early season, uh, most improved fantasy player, guys that were drafted lower, maybe. Less anticipation, expectation, and have overachieved. Well, yeah, a player that uh, has impressed me greatly is uh, Tyler Boyd of Cincinnati, because mm-hmm. uh, he you know, he was supposed to have you know Jamar Chase and and uh, 
all these other guys that were going to be ahead of him. And, um, well, I went ahead and I drafted him in the 10th round. And this is what he's done. He's has 14, 13, and 22 fantasy points the last three games. And he had nine catches for 118 yards against Jacksonville. So all he has to do is actually break through on because he doesn't have a touchdown yet. Mm-hmm. But uh, if he does that, they uh, the Cincinnati offense can support three wide receivers. And yes. so uh, I, I am quite pleased with the 10th round draft pick that uh, has 22 fantasy points in a game. So yeah, you know, me and dad were both big on T Higgins. And uh, then yeah, you add in Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase has had a phenomenal rookie season so far. Tyler Boyd, you're right, he hasn't gotten the touchdowns, but he's he's trusted. Uh, Joe Burrow trusts him, and all three of those receivers are worthy to have on a fantasy football team. Um, Tyler Boyd, you could almost call him a handcuff when it comes to receivers, um, but he's probably not available in any leagues. So, um, but yeah, great. You're right. Uh, Tyler Boyd's had a great season so far, and he's going to get some touchdowns before this season's over. Absolutely. And, uh, well, you know, one player that I have to bring up that might just be the waiver. You know, we talked about him a minute ago. He's the waiver wire acquisition of the year. Unless something really blows up later on, you know, we talked about uh, Corderell Patterson. Hmm. That's the guy that uh, just two weeks ago was on the wire. And uh, if you listen to one of my articles, pick him up. Some people listen. And uh, like I said, he went out and scored three touchdowns this past week. And so, uh, he, he, I think that uh, I can't imagine somebody else coming off the waiver wire that will, you know, have an impact as big as him the rest of the way. So uh, I like him a lot. Um, a player that surprised also. How about AJ Green? Hmm. Right from from Arizona. Yeah. This guy that's been injured what the last two three years, whatever it's been, and uh, he's been overshadowed uh, by a wide receiver named Rondell Moore. Mm-hmm. Right. And yep. so everybody rushed to the wire to get more. Well, he's back on the wire. And why is that? Because uh, A.J. Green has uh, two touchdowns on the season. He's averaging uh, – he has had 18 fantasy points each of the last two weeks. And uh, it's obvious that uh, he's a trusted wide receiver now on, on Arizona. And uh, I, I don't see anybody slowing down that offense. And here's a fun stat for you. A.J. Green has had six targets in every game That's this right. season. I saw that. In all four games, he has six targets. So yeah. talk about a safe floor. Does it get any safer than that? Yeah, and he's gotten better. He was two for six in week one, three for six in week two, and five for six the last two weeks. Um, week three against Jacksonville, he had 112 yards, no touchdowns. Last week against the Rams, he had 67 yards and one touchdown. And you're right. I think he's safer than Rondell Moore at this choice. If you're in a a, a dynasty league, a keeper league, then Rondell Moore is better because he has a longer future. But um, yeah, if you're just in it for AJ this Green's season, been around since dinosaurs were on the earth, so <laughs> yeah. he's definitely not a guy for dynasty. But yeah. uh, but to win now, he's he's a guy to look absolutely. forward to. Yeah. All yeah. right, uh, Kevin Wilson, writer at BellyUpFantasySports.com. He uh, hosted Belly Up Fantasy Baseball Show that I was privileged to be on. And uh, a lot of great stuff coming from Kevin, uh, a friend, even though we've never met face to face, but uh, he's helped me out a lot with uh, writing my, uh, I write the EKU articles and, and uh, Kevin's helped me out with editing and getting those posted and things as well. Um, Kevin, thank you so much. Tell us about, uh, you've got a color cast show that you do each week now. I do. It's uh, 
uh, it's called the Wilson Weekend Sports Review with your host, of course, me, Kevin, Will C. Wilson, because I'm going to will see what's going on out there. <laughs> and uh, that comes on Saturday mornings at 10 a.m. Central Time. And uh, if you have an iPhone, you have to have Apple to be able to have the ColorCast app. But if you do have that, and uh, just get on there, join me up at 10 o'clock. And uh, since it's a sports show, it doesn't have to be about basketball or football. Right. It's whatever the big events are that's going on over the weekend. And uh, since I'm the host, I'm the one that decides what those big events are. <laughs> but uh, there, there is a, a, a microphone that people can actually click on that and become part of the show. Wow. And so if there is a, a, a big event that you think that's going on out there, just get on there, click on that, and let me know what that is because I'm not a soccer guy. I'm not a golf guy. You know what I mean? I'm not UFC. And uh, so if, if one of those is a big event, get on there and let me know what that is. I'll be more than happy to talk about it. Awesome. All right. So that's Saturday mornings, 10 o'clock Central Time. Central Time. All right, 10 o'clock in the morning, Central Time, on the ColorCast app. And you can find the uh, – you have to say it again. Wilson – say it again. Wilson uh, – it's the Wilson Weekend Sports Review. Okay. That's and what I was so, going to uh, say. But <laughs> Yeah. All right, um, very good. So, uh, yeah, so, Vince, I didn't get a chance to, to, to dig on you because, you know, me and you know, the two of us played last week, and I took <laughs> you down. So I We're out of time, had Kevin. Had Sorry. Uh <laughs> <laughs> Yes, yes, yes. We'll have you back on when we have more. The EKU thing has worked out for you, Vince. I'm I'm really glad about that. Thank you very much. We've loved it. The EKU community has been awesome, uh, and that's continuing to grow, so we appreciate that. We'll have you back on when we've got more time to talk to you. We we kept Graham on too long. I don't know what we were thinking. but uh, Well, you know, Graham, (laughs) like I said, brings on the power, so, you know, I'm totally down with that. And, uh, you know, he's a fun guy, and, and, uh, you know, he, he he trips me out when he puts that little uh from uh, uh that you know the the mom when you know when she realized she left uh, Kevin back home when yeah. you know, home alone and yeah so I get a kick out of that so man <laughs> just so you know if you're watching this just so you know all right Kevin Wilson from BellyUpFantasySports.com you can also find him on the ColorCast app Kevin thank you so much for being with us it's always a pleasure Vince all right we'll see you. That's Kevin Wilson again from bellyupfantasysports.com. Dad, when we have two guests on, it doesn't leave us a whole lot of time. So we're going to have to get get moving here for these pick sixes so everybody can know. Last week was a good week for both of us. Uh, you went three and six on your picks. I was able to go five for six. Um, and I thought I was going to go six for six there for a while, but that Washington game uh, ended not so pleasantly for me. But uh, nonetheless, let's get to our weekly uh, pick six picks where we pick uh, six games in the NFL and we pick according to the spread or against the spread uh, for these games. Dad, give me your first game that you got this week. I'm going to take Denver over Pittsburgh, and I think it's even now. And yep. Yeah, so I'm actually going opposite of you on that one. I'm taking Pittsburgh with it being even. I'm assuming Teddy Bridgewater's out with the concussion. Um, so Drew Locke's the quarterback in Denver. And even though I kind of like Drew Locke better than Ben Roethlisberger, um, I'm going to go with Pittsburgh in that game uh, there as the, the line is even. Uh, all right, who's your second game? Um, I'm going to take uh, Carolina to cover against Philadelphia. What's the line on that one? 
Um, I don't have it right in front of me. I I'll think pull it's it up. three or four. All right, let me pull it up real quick because last week I didn't write down, and I'm not sure if they changed or not. Uh, let's see. Or you said Carolina over Philadelphia. Over Philadelphia, three. Three is the line there. So you got Carolina minus three over Philly. All right, who's your third game? I'm going to take Vegas to cover over Chicago. All right, so I'm going the opposite of you on that one as well. That's five and a half. Um, uh, Vegas is the favorite. I'm going to take Chicago at plus five and a half in that game there. So I'm going to go opposite of you on that one as well. What's your fourth game? Uh, Buffalo and the points against Kansas City. There you go. That's a good one. Uh, I'm going to go opposite of you on that one too. Buffalo, though, is the underdog. Two and a half points uh, there for Buffalo. And uh, that's going to be a game right there. It's Sunday night, which I'm excited about. We'll get to see. Um, that might be the game of the week. Would you think that would be true? Uh, it should be a very, yeah, it should be a very good game. Um, I think Buffalo's really rolling now. Kansas City struggled a little bit, but it is at Kansas City. So it should be a great game. Yeah, if Kansas City loses that one, they're in a really interesting spot this season. <laughs> They'd go down uh, to two and three. And uh, with that West being as good as it's been so far, that'd be crazy. Uh, game number five for you. I'm going to take Indianapolis um, and the points against Baltimore. I think Baltimore may win, but I don't know that they'll cover that. Um, so I'm going to go with Indianapolis and the points. Indianapolis, a seven-point underdog by a whole touchdown uh, there. I took Indianapolis last week, and it paid off for me. I'm scared of them this week, though. Um, but there you go, Indianapolis over Baltimore, plus seven. And your last one? I'll take Green Bay to cover over Cincinnati. Why, it could be a very good game. I think we'll come out and play well, and um, so I'm going to pick them. They're a three-point favorite in Cincinnati. I'm taking them as well. This is the first time this season, I think, that I've taken Green Bay. Uh, but, uh, well, I think I took them week one against New Orleans, which wasn't good. But uh, uh, taking them again this week as well. So you've got Denver, who's even against Pittsburgh. Carolina, three-point favorite. Uh, Vegas, a five-and-a-half-point favorite. Buffalo, two-and-a-half-point dog. Indianapolis, a seven-point dog, and Green Bay, a three-point favorite. I'm going with the Green Bay, minus three versus Cincinnati. I'm going Detroit, plus 10 against Minnesota. Uh, a divisional game, I just don't see Minnesota winning by 10 points. So I'll take Detroit, plus 10. Pittsburgh, even over Denver. Chicago, plus five-and-a-half versus Vegas. I think we might begin to see a slide for Vegas, kind of coming back down to where we expected them to be. Uh, mediocre team this season. Chicago's coming off a big win um, and an opportunity there to play again. Justin Fields getting more comfortable in the system. So plus five and a half Chicago. I'm taking San Francisco plus five over Arizona. And I'm uh, big on Arizona, like them, but San Francisco's too well coached, I think, uh, to continue to uh, have some different struggles. They're two and two. Carolina's undefeated. They're not going to go undefeated this season. So someone's got to push them. I'll take care of uh, uh, San Francisco there. Even if they lose, it'll be by a field goal. Uh, so I'll take them. And then I take Kansas City, the two-and-a-half-point favorites over Buffalo. We got some good games this week. Uh, Browns and Chargers uh, is a really good game, I think. The Chargers, two-point favorites at home. Uh, let's see here. Cowboys-Giants usually turns out to be a good game, even though the Giants aren't any good uh, this year. How about the, the good old Titans-Jaguars game? Uh, back in the day, 
Titans-Jaguars was such a fun matchup. Uh, Jeff Fisher would just prod at the Jaguars fans. Um, and that was back in the Jimmy Smith, uh, Fred Taylor, those days. Mark Brunell was the quarterback. Uh, those, those days, a different age for Jacksonville, needless to say. Um, let's talk quickly. We're almost out of time, but Urban Meyer, head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars, didn't get on the plane after the game against Cincinnati, stayed in Ohio, uh, then got caught. Well, I say caught. He was, there was a video of him in his uh, bar in Ohio, uh, having a young lady dancing on his lap. Uh, inappropriately grabbing her and, uh, all this while his wife was at home babysitting the grandkids. Um, and his team was back home, by the way, as well. Urban Meyer, I heard the, uh, the accusation today or yesterday that Urban Meyer's trying to get fired so he can still get paid and not have to coach in Jacksonville. What's going on with, with the Jaguars and Urban Meyer? Well, I mean, the, the Jaguars were struggling anyhow, and this is going to be a huge distraction. It's not going to help uh, Urban Meyer. I would assume things were, you know, um, I don't believe it's probably the first time that's happened, even though he hadn't really been in question before. Um, it'll be interesting to see how Jacksonville handles it. You know, we saw the owner said, well, he has to get the confidence back. I saw Urban Meyer made the statement, you know, well, it was a, it was stupid. It was a stupid mistake. Question is, do you want someone stupid coaching your team? And, um, I, 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 he may not survive this very long. Um, but we will see Jacksonville, you know, I think, you know, with, um, Trevor Lawrence, I think, boy, they have, you know, potential. They need to have a good year, uh, even though they may get a high draft pick. Um, and I, I, this is, this is going to be tough to overcome for Jacksonville. Is Urban Meyer the first head coach fired this season? Um, you know, the two coaches that I think are really in trouble are first-year coaches, which is him and um, Campbell at Detroit. But I, I don't know that you get fired during the year. I think um, Meyer could just because of this incident that happened. Um, so we will see. Um, or again, you know, he, he may step down or whatever, but yeah, I would think he could be the first coaching change. I think it's between him and Zimmer in Minnesota. Uh, Minnesota's underperforming at this point, And, uh, I think Zimmer's the guy to watch for there. Campbell's not getting fired, even though they're not winning the players like him. Um, I think the fans like him as a whole. We need to bring in a Lions fan and ask about that, but, uh, yeah, I think it's between Zimmer, but at this point, it looks like Urban Meyer's the guy because there's dysfunction, uh, there's losing, and now there's controversy. So that that adds to it as well. Uh, all right. Well, Dad, it's been a fun show today. Graham Wallace came on from Belly Up Sports. Kevin Wilson from Belly Up Fantasy Sports. Great conversations there. We're pleased yeah, to remember great. to go ahead. Oh, yeah. No, yeah, so great information and and um, yeah, great guys. Glad we could have them on. And we'll get them back on again in the future episodes. Visit law-terrain.com. Use the code SPORTSSTOVE. Get 10% off your purchase there. We'll be back next Thursday live here at 8 o'clock. We'll also have the Wednesday local hour episode with uh, EKU football and Kentucky. And we're working on some things there as well uh, that you can make sure you uh, subscribe to the Sports Stove podcast so you don't miss anything there. Thanks to Graham. Thanks to Kevin. Thanks, Dad. Until next time, we'll see you around the sports stove.